I'm not on the screen, and I'm gonna, we're not going to put the background up yet because I want to kind of lead this in. I want to um, continue a little bit off of last Wednesday when I was talking about why we go to church. I preached a message last Wednesday and why we come to church and uh, why, why we do what we do and, and using the scriptures and stuff. But I want to read just a few here just to kind of piggyback off that before I get into tonight's message, and then I'll give you the title of tonight's message. And by the way, before I do that, um, I want you to be believing with me and this was before um, that testimony tonight, and uh, I, I feel in my, in my spirit that to uh, pray for the sick on Sunday, amen, pray for deliverance on Sunday, pray for um, healing on Sunday, so somebody will be praying with me from now till Sunday that there'll be a mighty anointing here, and, and people will get healed just like Michael did, amen. That's a miracle, amen. And uh, I'm I'm just gonna say it right now, just real quick on online here, because that way, if anybody's listening online, they didn't get it at the prayer time. That Michael, you said you smoked for 40 years and uh, had major breathing problems, and went to Baylor Hospital, and his breathing was only at 75 percent. So that's the low. You want it to be high, obviously. And um, he asked Brenda for prayer. Brenda heard he was ailing, and that's that's what we're supposed to do. Like like uh, Jesse said, we don't have to come to me or come to somebody else. We're all all anointed, amen, to pray for the sick. We all have that power in us in the name of Jesus, amen, of Nazareth. And she prayed for him, and he went to the doctor, and he is 101%, amen, and the doctors are astounded. And they don't understand why, and he said it very clearly because Jesus healed him. Amen, and now he's breathing great, no breathing treatments necessary. So I want you to believe maybe you need a miracle on Sunday. Uh, then God can do it before Sunday, but we're going to come believing for those that come uh, to get a touch there. Here's a few verses to piggyback last week. Acts 9.31 says, The churches through all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. What I'm trying to get you to understand this year, I'm reading these verses, and I read some last week, is why we come to church, why the lights are on tonight on a Wednesday night, why we do what we do, because we're doing what the Bible says to do, amen? And we're supposed to multiply, we're supposed to grow in the faith, we're supposed to preach the gospel, and so we are carrying the torch. The torch was handed to us. And, and I was talking today about how amazing it is that 12 men changed the world, the whole world, amen. And last Sunday I talked about how we are not disqualified and the world would disqualify us and how could God possibly use 12 rejects, 12 sinners to change the world and how many know tonight we come in excited knowing that we are not rejected that we are not disqualified but we are qualified tonight amen because of what Jesus did on the cross for us and we're on God's team and when you're on God's team you can't lose and so we're continuing that 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 torch passing it on to the next generation Acts 15 35 and 41 says Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others and he went through Syria and Cilicia listen strengthening the churches strengthening the churches so we are continuing tonight what they did in the Bible Acts 16 5 says the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased numbers daily. That should be our goal, amen, to increase our numbers daily. That's why we always talk about getting more people saved and, and having more people come and growing the church. Sometimes you wonder why we say that. We just want to have numbers? No, we want to get people saved. That's what they did in the book of Acts, amen? And so that's kind of a lead-in. I'm going to give you the title in just a second, but I want to tell you a quick story. I think this is going to bless you, and I want to kind of give you just a, a little lead-in on where, where I want to go with this tonight, how many know that if God wants to do amazing things through us, we have to know who we are in Jesus? We have to believe who we are in Jesus. We have to believe our position. And, and I, I feel that we have right now, not that we can't have more and more people can't come in, but I feel like we have the team right now in this place I think we have the people to see a mighty move of God, to see a mighty revival, to see a mighty growth of souls coming into the church, and you're part of it, amen? Say, I'm part of it tonight. I'm part of the team, amen? And so it's here, but, but we have to know who we are in Christ. We have to know what he thinks about us so that I can be the worker God called me to be. 
So I'll give you the title in just a second, but listen to this. Two brothers tormented the small town where they lived for decades. They had blown up their families and were dishonest in business. They were loud and boisterous and just plain rude to everyone. One day, the younger brother died unexpectedly. So the older brother went to the pastor of the local church and said, Preacher, I need you to conduct my brother's funeral. And it is important to me that you do the service. And when you do the service, at some point in that service, you say that my brother was a saint. And so that pastor said, I, I, I can't do that. You know, we both know I can't do that. You know, we, there's no way. I can't do it. And so the older brother pulled out his checkbook and said, Preacher, I give you $100,000 towards your church's building fund if you'll just simply publicly state that my brother was a saint. So the funeral comes, and on the day of the funeral, the preacher began his sermon this way. He says, everyone knows that the deceased was a wicked man, a womanizer, a, a thief, and a drunk. He terrorized his employees and cheated on his taxes. He paused for a second and then continued. But as evil and sinful as this man was, compared to his older brother, he was a saint. <laughs> Amen. So I got that building fun and he didn't lie. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So I, I said that tonight because I want, I want to talk about the fact that you are, I'm going to tell you something, I'm going to call you something right now. You might be shocked that I call you. You're a saint. Some of y'all just nodded no and some of your eyebrows went up and I, I just shocked some of y'all. You're a saint. Amen. Get your Bibles open to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And that is a true statement. I didn't say that just to make you feel good. Amen. So here's the title. You are a saint. And I know that after that, your question might be, who, me? Look at the screen. Who, me? And my answer is, yes, you. Yes, you. No, come on, pastor. Come on, what are you talking about? No one's ever called me a saint before. Matter of fact, people go around saying, I ain't no saint. I'm not a saint. You know, I, I'm just a this and I'm just a that. And so we have this mentality. This is what I'm talking about tonight. We can't do what God wants us to do if we don't know who God thinks we are. And God says we are. So last week, the reason I read some of those verses about the church part before I started preaching was we, we were looking in those verses, and last week I mentioned a bunch of places, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Corinthians, and the Thessalonians, and he would always start off there, to the church, to the church, to the church. And last week we talked about who the church was, and we're, we're the church. It's not the building. We have a beautiful building. We have a beautiful place to come. This is not the church. We're the church. But we do assemble together. And, and we talked about that in Hebrews, that God wants us to not forsake the assembling together. And, 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 and many of you got the, the challenge this morning, or the, uh, the text. And, and honestly, I believe that there's a whole bunch of people on Sundays that, that we just need to pray and help them get in on, 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 on Wednesday nights so that they can just grow more. Amen. If you see someone on Sunday say, hey, we, we, we missed you Wednesday night. You got to come on a Wednesday night. It's, it's awesome. Amen. It's powerful. And, and keep growing the Wednesday night because this is that midweek, as I said, that midweek charge. Amen. To get our batteries back up and, and stay in fellowship. And so remember that every time you think, man, we go to church a lot, they went to church every day in the Acts, book of Acts. So we're actually falling short on how much they went to church. Now we do have small groups and we have discipleship and we have prayer meetings and we have young adults, and we have youth, and we have all these events, which is good, but it's, but it's not just to stay busy, it's to try to be biblical, okay? So in, that, in those verses, he says, to the church, to the church, to the church, to the church. But then there's a bunch of other places that you're going to see right here where he doesn't just say to the church. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want you to watch what the Bible says here. We're going to start in verse 2. He says, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be, shout it out with me, saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, 
both theirs and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, tonight on Wednesday night, we pray for this word. We've already had great praise and worship and, and a great testimony and time of giving and time of fellowship. And now we just ask you to speak to us. And we just ask you to anoint your word and that it would come alive for us. And God, that we would become the men and women that you have called us to be till we can do what you have called us to do, Father. Lord, speak to us and let every lie of the devil be broken tonight because the devil is a liar and he's the father of all lies and he's the accuser of the brethren. And Father, we thank you for that you're the truth tonight and, we, and let every man be a liar, but God be truth. And we thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. How many know that that's the truth, that the devil is the accuser of the brethren? He's the one that tells you you're not worthy to be a Christian. He's the one that tells you you're not good enough to be a Christian. He's the one that tells you you're disqualified. He's the one that tells you that mistake you made. You know, every, every saint has a past. And every sinner has a future. How many believe that? That's the gospel right there. That, that now, and, and as we go forward from right here, I want, I want you to say this with me, and you might say it with more conviction at the end of the service, but I want you to say it with me. I want you to say, I am a saint. I am a saint. Now, some of you that used to be Catholic thought you just blasphemed everything that you've ever been part of in your life, amen? But I'm going to explain it to you here in a second, okay? Some of y'all were like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Okay, by the time we get done, you'll feel better about it, I promise, Okay. So hopefully you at least said it under your breath. We have to understand that we are who God says we are. Men and people and situations and our mistakes and our sins will tell us different. And I hope that tonight you feel better about this message than Sunday, before Sunday service. I hope that that message about being qualified and not disqualified, blessed you. I hope that you saw there how many times Jesus reiterated to, to Peter and to the disciples that I did not call you or qualify you because of who you are. I did not call you or qualify you or save you because you're good enough. That's the good news, is that Jesus calls us saints tonight because of who he is. Because of what he did. And if he calls us saints, then we're saints. And, and for you that were raised Catholic or, 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 or anything like that, I'm gonna, I have a little section here for you. Don't worry. Amen. I'm going to break it down to you and explain to you a little bit. Or, and not just Catholicism. There's a bunch of the uh, isms there in the you know, Presbyterianism and all kinds of Episcopalisms and all the, all the isms. Amen. All the different you know, groups there that, that have... The word saint, like way up there, right? And so that's a crazy thing. You're thinking, who, me? And I just, I had another picture that was a picture of a baby too, and it was a really good one too. Um, just that, that face, like you can't be talking about me. And that is why so many Christians are not seeing God move through their lives. Because they're still in the me phase. The who, me? Like we talked about Sunday morning. When you get picked, Sometimes when you got picked, you were shocked you got picked. And, 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 and like I said, some of you got picked last, but you still got picked. Amen? I mean, it could have been like, no, nah, we don't want that last person. We don't want them. You always, they always get everybody involved. But we're still, as Christians, because of our past, we're still thinking, me? How? How can? And listen, I'm going to tell you something. This was revelation for me in my life because we, you can be raised in two types of ways if you know anything about the Bible and be, being raised in church. You can be raised one, one extreme, and we talked about this a little bit, got into this a little bit in our small group Sunday night. You can be on an extreme way over there in right field where it's called legalism. And everything's wrong. And you can't do anything right. And, and it becomes an exterior thing which can be dangerous. And then you can be on left field at the other extreme where everything's okay and nothing's wrong. And, and you'll find in your walk with God that the answer is always in the middle. 
The answer is always in the middle, just like a, a road down the, a, a lane down the road with white stripes on both sides. When you're good, you're in the middle. You're not over the line on the left. You're not over the line on the right. You're down the middle, and there's a balance there, and God has a balance for us, but what we have to first realize is if God says something about me, I need to listen to what God says about me and stop listening to what everybody else says about me. Amen? I cannot be who he wants me to be if I listen to all those voices. And those voices will never stop. Did you hear that? Those voices will always be there. They'll be in your head. They'll be from people. They'll be from the devil. They'll, they'll always be there. You're not good enough. You've made too many mistakes. They'll bring up your past. So remember that. Every saint has a past. And every sinner has a future. And that's the gospel. So we see here that he's talking to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are... Uh, sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all. Now watch, this This sometimes is what we do wrong with the Bible. We look at it and we go, okay, he's talking to the church of God in Corinth, which and tonight I would still be good because I live in Corinth, amen? So I'd still be good regardless. We have a few other people that live in Corinth. So, But he, he's, he wasn't just talking to them. He was talking to everybody. So they might all know he was talking to the saints or in the church of, church of God in Corinth. And those are the ones that are saints. And that's what we do. We exclude ourselves. Isn't it funny how God wants to include us and we want to exclude ourselves? And so it says, but then we says those, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called. This is the key. Called to be saints. Called to be saints. I'll hit that in a second. Called to be saints. With all who in every place, where, where's every place, by the way? Is there a place that's every place? Where geographically is every place? Everywhere, right? All is all and everywhere is everywhere. And so it means everywhere. And he says, in every place, those who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's a saint? Those who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who believe in Jesus Christ. He says, grace to you and peace from, our, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to what the word saint means. This, this should excite us tonight because we, as we've been uh, getting closer to God in our walks, this is, this is where we fall more in love with God when we fall more in love with his word. Because every one of us, wherever you were when you came into the church, whether you had been church for your, all your life or you had never been in church or whether you just got saved, you've been saved a long time, there are things that we bring into church in our minds. There are preconceived ideas that we have. It, it, going back to that example of the restaurant, if, if, I, if, I, if you go to a place and food is bad and, and you get a bad something and, and your stomach hurts or whatever, you, you, it, next time you go, it, I'm using the example of a Chinese restaurant, next time you go to the, another Chinese restaurant, you're going in with a preconceived idea that you might get sick because you got sick somewhere else. And I mean, no, it's very rare that that happens. But all of a sudden, all the Chinese restaurants are bad. All of a sudden, all the restaurants are bad. And that's the mentality that we have. Sometimes we come into church, and whether we were raised in religion or we were raised in some church that hurt us or, or something was taught to us, we come in with those preconceived ideas. And the, here's the thing. If those preconceived ideas are biblical, praise the Lord. But if they're not biblical, then I need to change the way I think. And I need to come in, and just like when a car goes in to get alignment... Amen. If you're hitting a bunch of bumps driving down the road, your car gets out of alignment. And if you don't get your car aligned, your tires are going to get all messed up and it's going to cost you a lot of money. So you go in and you line the, line the car up and they put it on the computer and they get you back aligned. If, whatever preconceived idea you have about God and yourself and things need to line up with God's word. And, and if you were in left field, then say, hey, God, I'm sorry I was in left field. They, I didn't check the scriptures when they taught me that, so I want to come back over here and be in center field. I want to be in the middle. I don't want to be in left field or right field in this situation. I want to be down the middle. And so we go to scriptures. And so the word saint comes from the Greek word hagios, which, which means this. Listen, consecrated to God, holy, sacred. Now, we consecrate ourselves to God in a way of an attitude, in a, in a spirit of, of, of humility, in a spirit of, of, of love, in a spirit of devotion. But how many know he's the one that consecrates us? 
I can't be holy without God. I'm unholy without God, but in God I am holy. Okay, And so the, the, the word there in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, uh, we don't have to look at it, but the words sanctified and holy come from the same word, and they mean saints, sanctified and holy. So, so can you sanctify yourself? Can you make yourself holy? No, God does that. Sanctification and holiness is a process of us becoming more like Jesus. It's a process, and it's, 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 it's a position God gives us and immediately when we get saved, there's a change. And we're placed in a position. How many know the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 17? If anyone is what? In Christ. He is a new creation. All the old things have passed away. And behold, all things, all things are some things. All things have become new. So when I get saved and I put my faith in Jesus, I now am a believer. I am a Christian, but a lot of us don't call ourselves saints. It's a word's not used very much. We don't go around saying, hey, I'm a saint. Right? We just don't do it. We say, I'm a Christian. Stay with me here. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Uh, most people say Christian, I'm a Christian, but that, that word is super diluted. Did you know that that's only mentioned one time in the whole New Testament? The word Christian? Didn't know that. One time. The word Christian is only mentioned one time. Guess how many times the word saint is used? 67. 67 times in the New Testament. Now watch this. It's not just saint. Matter of fact, the word saint is used once in Philippians, but saints is used 67 times. And guess who he's not talking about specifically when he mentions saints? He's not talking about the saints that man has made. He's talking to you and me and us. Are y'all hearing me? I I know some of y'all are still in shock, so you haven't got excited yet. You're trying to tell your face to be excited, but your your, your mind is like, I can't. Huh? Who, me? I can see it. Me? Yes. You. Yes, you. Let's practice this. Look at the person next to you and say, you're a saint. I'm just quoting the Bible, church. Don't, don't, Don't say I'm never coming back here again. This is crazy. See, we don't say that. Watch this. We don't say this is important. We don't say that to the other person because of anything they've done. We say it to the other person because of what Jesus did. What Jesus did for us. Because when I accept Christ, I'm a saint. Because he said I am. He said, he said I'm chosen. He said I'm set apart. He said I'm a new creation. He said, uh, he said all um, greater things can I do in his name. He says all these things. And so why, do, why are we so good at believing some things he says, but not everything he says? See, I, I just choose to believe everything he says. Amen. I just choose to believe every word that comes out of his word. And, and, and what an amazing, I just want to hit this again. What an amazing picture it was on Sunday when I played that video from last Friday's discipleship of just a piece and a glimpse of how God wrote the Bible. Just a picture. Twelve ordinary men that just showed up and led by the Holy Spirit to pick a verse and made a message and, and it was exactly twelve men. That's how the Bible was written. They didn't know what they were doing. They were just obeying the Holy Spirit. And 2,000 years later, it's changed the world. God uses ordinary men and makes them or extraordinary. Ordinary women and makes them extraordinary. Amen? He, he takes the, the limited, he takes the impossible, and he makes it possible because of what he did. We can pray for the sick because of what he did. We can, we can call things that are not as though they were because of what he did. Now listen, so we're called saints because of our, so if you were saying that to that person or they were saying it to you and you're like, listen, I'll tell you that, but I still don't believe that I'm a saint. If you were rejecting it coming back, then you're rejecting who Jesus is in you. You're rejecting who Jesus said you are. Jesus said you're a saint. God said through his word 67 times to the saints, to the saints, to the body of Christ. We're called. Now listen, we're called to be saints 
by Christ. Jesus Christ, the Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. So when Paul is speaking to the churches, he's speaking Jesus' words. Okay? He is an ambassador of Christ. He is, he is God's vessel, and he's being used. And so he's saying, the Bible says we are called to be saints by Christ. Now listen to this again. Consecrated to God, holy and sacred. So if you haven't quite grasped it yet, here, here's the thing. When I come and say, I so a lot of people say this, and, 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 and they're stuck on this, and they don't understand what Jesus has done. They say, I'm just, and this is a, this is a saying that's been around forever, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Okay? You were a sinner that is saved by grace. Because now we're saints. Some of y'all are going to get that on Friday, and you're going to have like a, this little Holy Ghost meeting by yourself, and it's going to hit. We're not sinners anymore. We sin, but we're not sinners. We're saints. We're set apart. We're consecrated. We're covered in the blood of Jesus. Amen. We're not the person we used to be. We're different. We're changed. We're transformed. We're, 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 we're God's chosen generation, God's people now. Okay? So here's what we do. Once we accept him and say, Jesus, you're Lord of my life, and I believe what your word says, that I am a saint, I am a child of God now, for the rest of my life, I'm going to draw closer to you, and every day I'm going to become more like you and less like my old self. That's what consecration is. That's what sanctification is. That's what holiness is, is, is separating yourself from the old person. Love what Chris said a long time ago. He said, my old person will not hang out with my new person. Right? We go back to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are passed away and all things have become new. My new person should not like my old person. My old person should not want to hang out with my new person because I'm a new creation. I'm a saint. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean we don't go after the sinners because that's what Jesus did. He went and he ate with the sinners. He went and he reached out to the sinners. He went because he wants everybody to come to that saving knowledge of who he is. So how many saw that? We increase, we're, sorry, increasingly allow our daily lives to closely more match up with the position that Jesus has given us. He calls us a saint, so I should act like one. Did you get that? I should act like one. I should carry myself in that way. I was thinking, this is just a, I was trying to think, sometimes it's hard to get a great example. Maybe this is, maybe it's not. But God has called us with a purpose, okay? He has set us apart. He set us aside. The Bible talks about new clothes and, and newness. And, you know, when you have something that's new and it's nice, you try to take care of it, right? And so I was thinking about this. Uh, in just this sense, not, not total sense, but this part, how many know that, and, I, and my mom had it, and a lot of people have it to even today, they're, they're when, like when guests come over, a lot of people have what's called chinaware. Okay? Those, those nice, super pretty, super uh, expensive, sometimes dishes that you bring out for special occasions. I want you to see how God sees you. God sees you as that chinaware. God sees you as that set of silverware that is silver and it's expensive and you get that certain rag out and clean it and you're, you're his workmanship and you're, you're special to him. He, 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 you're his trophy. Are y'all following me here? Y'all getting that part? I'm just trying to explain what, what God looks like to you because of the blood of Jesus. You're not some trash. You're not, some, you're not what the world says you are and you're not what you probably think you are. Because you've been made new. Jesus has changed you and transformed you, and you're covered in his blood. So now it would be like those chinaware, me knowing that that is for a special occasion. It's for Thanksgiving or a special meal, a special person's over. But I'm going to take that, that plate of chinaware, and I'm going to go out and feed the dog with it. I'm going to go put dog food on it, and I'm going to stick it out in the mud, and I'm going to feed the dog with it. Would that be the proper use of that plate? Y'all following me? 
Or that nice silverware is supposed to, you know, be set in a certain way and you're supposed to use it to cut in certain forks and certain knives and certain things, certain foods, amen. And that same knife, okay, that you're supposed to use for something on that special meal of four courses or whatever, you take it out or you take it out and you use it to try to pry open the hood of your car. Are y'all following me? That's not what that was intended for. Watch this. God intended us for great things. He didn't intend us to be used for those things. He didn't intend us to take what we're supposed to be and go back and trash it. So once he calls me out of darkness into the light, then I have to start saying, stop saying, who, me? Who, me? You want to use me and we just keep, we just never get anything done for God because we keep going back to who, me? I, I want you to go pray for that person. Who, me? I want you to speak to that person right now at work. I want you to open your mouth. I want you to tell them Jesus loves them. Who, me? Can't be talking to me. I'm on somebody. Someone's going to get this. That person's got a bad situation at work. They're talking about their kids are sick, their, their, their mom died, whatever. Go talk to them. Who, me? That's why we don't get anything done. That's why, the, that's why the kingdom of God is not growing like it should be. That's why the church isn't growing like it should be. And I'm just talking generally. That's why we're not seeing the miracles we need to see because we're too caught up in what the devil's telling us, what we think about ourselves, what the mirror looks like, what our situation looks like, what our past looks like. And God is saying, I need you to stop acting like that and start acting like a saint that I called you to be because I have set you apart for a purpose which is of good use and you're on the highest team in the world. It's the highest call. I've said this before. If I was called to be a governing official of any country, president of this country, president of some super high company, I would have to step down from being a pastor to go do that. Because this is the highest call. You'd have to step down from being a Christian to do anything else because it's the highest call. You get that? It's the highest call. We don't realize what team we're on, church. We don't realize how amazing this is. So saints, 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 and I don't have time to read all the scriptures, but 67 times in the New Testament, he says, to the saints, to the saints. And, and let me just get this out because I still have some of you that were raised in Catholicism, and you just can't, you just, you're just looking at, like glass, like looking at me with glass eyes. Let me show you the comparison. I'm going to give you a few verses here of Catholic theology, and it's not just Catholicism. Like I said, there's other ones. There's other names of churches and religions that, 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 that take somebody and put them up on a pedestal and, and, and then eventually call them a saint, okay? Listen real quick, quick, carefully to this, and this will help you get over the hump. Here's the comparison. In, in, in how, how does Catholicism or any theology that lifts up a person as a saint by man, not by God, compare to what God says in his word doesn't compare very well in in that theology listen the saints are in heaven not here in the bible the saints are on earth okay they be in 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 the teaching of catholicism or whatever religion you want to put there a person does not become a saint until or unless they are beatified or canonized by the pope or a bishop. So meaning a, a, a religious authority says after they're dead, they lived an amazing life. We're going to make them a saint. Okay? But the Bible teaches us that everyone, this is going to blow you away, everyone who has received Jesus Christ by faith is a saint. Everyone who has received Jesus Christ by faith is a saint. Not when some man says, it's when God says. In the Bible, everyone who receives Jesus by faith is a saint. Last one. In, the Bible, in, in Catholicism or any other practice, listen, the saints are revered, prayed to, and in many instances, worshipped. Prayed to, revered, and in many instances, worshipped. Watch this. In the Bible, the saints are called to revere, worship, and pray to God. See the difference? We're saints. 
all of us, because of our faith in Jesus, and we are called to revere God. We are called to worship God, and we are called to acknowledge him and honor him and lift him up. But the Bible, that's what the Bible teaches us. But the world and man would say, hey, this person lived a great life and did amazing things, and so we lift them up. Are you all with me? And so we, this, this is where we look at something that goes on and we say, Let, what does the Bible say? What do they say? Let's line it up. I guarantee you, many of you have never, ever even contemplated the fact that you are a saint. You're still there. But there's hope. We've got a few minutes left. Amen. <laughs> that you're going to walk out of here with the conviction in your heart because you believe God's word. And you're going to say it boldly. I am a saint of God, child of God. I'll begin to close here. I think not this year, but last year I was given a really beautiful plaque and I didn't realize that it said this till today. I was given a really, really nice plaque um, from Hebrews 6.10. I'm going to read what Hebrews 6.10 says. I'm not sure if I have that in the verses or not. Okay, I do. Watch this. Now this is to me, yes, as a pastor, but this is to all of us. Look what it says. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Do you notice that that is now, not past tense, that he didn't say that you ministered, it says you minister. Ministered, past tense, to the saints and do minister. So I have the who so if I'm if I'm a pastor and I and I'm preaching to you and I'm ministering to saints how, if saints are on in heaven how am I ministering to them Saints are here Saints are here Now there there are saints in heaven as well but there's saints that were saints here that went to heaven Not that became saints when they got to heaven Okay so we have to understand that, I'm going to close with this, there's three kind of godly characteristics that you'll find. If I took all 67 verses and I brought them into three, uh, I'm going to throw these out. And I don't think I have these verses, so I'm just listening to them. Romans 16, 2 says that you receive her, he's talking about a woman in the Bible, in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints. Receive her in a manner worthy. Worthy of the saints. When I read these verses, this is God saying, here's some characteristics you should have as a saint. I called you to be a saint. You are a saint. You're set apart. You're godly. You're consecrated. You're holy. Here's some characteristics. We should, we should act in a way that is worthy of a saint. Ephesians 4.12 says, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Remember I talked last week that your church is the body of Christ. So as saints, we are working for the body of Christ as a team. It's a team. We talk about that a lot, the team. Talked about Sunday morning how God chose his team. When you look at Peter's life as a fisherman, you don't see saint. How many know he was a saint? But Peter didn't get to heaven to become a saint. He was a saint here on earth. Because the Bible says we're saints. Now, I just want to throw this out just in case you're still hinged on something. The word Christian's mentioned one time, and you call yourself a Christian all the time. The word believer, I didn't count it, but it's, it's there several times. But it's not nearly as close to 67 times that the Bible says you're a saint. Why am I saying this? Why, 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 are you starting a doctrine that we need to walk around and call each other saints? Hey, saint, instead of hey, brother, or hey, saint, instead of hey, sister, hey, saint. No, I'm trying to get you to understand who God says you are. So you'll act like one. So we'll act like one. We've, we've been given a title. See, God does things on credit. God speaks life over us when we don't deserve it. He says, you're a saint. And the world says, no, you're not. And God says, are you listening to the world or are you listening to me? Who's, whose voice matters in your life? Whose opinion matters in your life? I don't know about you, but I'm listening to the voice of the Lord. I'm listening to what God says about me and not what man says about me.
Man's going to continue to bring up my past. Man's going to continue to to pull up the mud. Man's going to continue to show me all these things. But God says, you're a saint. Why? Because I made you one. Why? Because I died on the cross for your sins. Why? Because while you were a sinner, I died for you. And now you're a new creation. But I don't deserve it. God, who, me? Yes, you. Why? Because I said so. Because I said so. Because I'm God. And I make the rules. Amen. Man don't make the rules. God makes the rules. The third characteristic is Ephesians 5.3. Here's, here's the biggest one. This is where we keep ourselves clean. And, that, and then I could go into many verses on this, but here's, I'm trying to make this simple. He says, but immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. That's where we remember I'm about to do something I know I shouldn't do. Just real quickly as we're closing, go to Galatians 5, okay? I'm about to do something that I know that my, I know this is my old man. I'm about to do something that I know is a lie. I'm about to do something that I know is unholy. I'm about to do something that does not represent what God says I am. I stop and I say, this is not, this is not how a saint, a child of God, a representative of Jesus would do. That's why Paul said, I die daily. Every day. Every day. I die daily. And you know what he said in another verse? He said, I beat my body into subjection so that I will not do. And and here's the fight. There's a battle here. Paul had the battle. He said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And he didn't say it as a justifying way. He was talking about the battle in his mind. God keeps telling me I'm a saint, but I remember standing there. Somebody get this. God keeps telling me I'm a saint, but I remember standing there watching Stephen get martyred. God keeps telling me I'm supposed to preach his gospel, but I remember killing those Christians. But you got to remember, Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, was worse than Saddam Hussein, was worse than bin Laden was worse than than the Holocaust, worse than any person that's ever lived. He killed Christians and was happy about it. And that's the man God chose to write two-thirds of the New Testament. When are we going to start believing who God says we are? So as he speaks to us as saints, we're the body of Christ. And I want you to look in Galatians 5 just real quick. And I think I've got it. Just, let's just go through this real quick. We just got a few minutes, 16 to, 16 to 26. I want you to see this. What, what are you telling me in, in, in summary? Give me the best summary you can. I say then, look at the screen. I say then, or look at your Bible, either one. Walk in the Spirit. and You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay? For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. This is the battle, okay? This is not making it okay. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, watch this. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, Jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, stay with me, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, watch this, this is the key, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Stay right there for a second. Those who practice such things. As we read those things from Sunday morning, we can we check everyone. I've never killed nobody. Just go read the Bible. You've checked everyone before Christ. And before Jesus, it was all marked against you. It was written in the book. You're, you're doomed. I could have spent the whole night talking about the wrath of God and all the verses that tell us how, how, how we're going to have to stand before an angry God. Not, but see, you're going to stand before him as an angry God if you don't understand that you're a saint. 
saints aren't going to stand before an angry God. You, you plead the blood. Jesus. Whenever you start to try to act holy and, 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 and be holy, it doesn't mean you don't do holy. It doesn't mean you don't do right. It means whenever you try to put that action before the blood of Jesus, you're lost. You're lost. Plead the blood. Without Jesus, I'm lost. Without Jesus, I'm lost. Without the blood of Jesus, I'm lost. So now we'll finish. Watch, watch what it says here. Here's what it expects of us as, as saints. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such, there is no law. So how do I carry myself tonight? Like a saint. Am I going to make mistakes? Yes. Am I going to mess up? Yes. Am I trying to? No. And whenever I fall short, I call on the grace of God and I say, Lord, thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. But I'm trying to carry myself like a saint that God says I am. Amen? Did y'all get something tonight? Amen? How many believe you're a saint tonight? Not by because of what man says, but because of what God says. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It speaks to us. Father, I pray tonight, God, in this house, all over this place, that we would carry ourselves with the understanding of who you say we are. Not what man says I am. Lord, you're giving me, you're speaking that to me on credit, God, because you have a purpose and a plan for me. You you have preordained and predestined by plan that I would do good. But I have to fulfill that. You have good thoughts towards me. You have a plan for me. You have a purpose for me. You have a hope for me. But God, I have to walk it out. Understand tonight that when you put your faith in Jesus and you confess your sins to the Lord, pay attention to this. He does not see you. He sees the blood. God sees the blood of Jesus. There is only one incident in the history of the world where God died for humanity. That was Jesus on the cross. So we plead the blood. Jesus, I plead the blood. I plead the blood, Jesus, over my life. I'm lost without the blood. I'm lost without Jesus. But Jesus, with you, I am the righteousness of God. With you, I am a saint. With you, I am called out of darkness into your marvelous light. And I'm going to do my best every day to walk according to the call that you have put on my life. Listen to that as you're praying. To walk according to the call that God has put on our life. So, so, so he's telling us that he considers us saints. He's called us to be saints. So he says, walk in it. How do I do that? By walking in the Spirit. By trusting in God. By leaning not on my own understanding, but on His taking his word and applying it to my life so that I won't sin against it. But you've got to believe who God says you are. Because if you don't, you'll never do what God called you to do. You've got to believe it. And when we begin to believe what God says we are, we'll begin to see what God says we can see and do what God says we can do. As I close tonight in this place, you're here maybe in You've never confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never said, Jesus, I, I, want, I want you to be everything to me. I want you to come into my life and just change me and transform me. And I just want to be born again, as that verse says, that anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You've never done that. Just lift your hand and say, pray for me tonight. I want to pray for you. I want to make sure tonight that, that Jesus is Lord of your life, that, that you put your faith and trust in him tonight, that you know he's died on the cross for your sins. 
And if that's the case for all of us here tonight, then I want you, I want to close with this as, as we're going to open up these altars for just a few minutes and pray and, and spend just a few minutes accepting this. I didn't write it, church. I'm just a messenger. But God wants you to hear his voice tonight all throughout the New Testament where he says, saints, saints, saints. You know what he's basically saying when he says that? He says, I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe you can do it. I believe you can make it. I believe you can, you can be my ambassador. I, I know I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this thought right here, and then we're going to pray I, and, and, and just sing something. I know it's hard for us to grasp how in the world, why? Why would God use us? Why? Why would he use men and women? Why would he use people? You know what? I don't have the answer. I don't know why, but he did, and he does. And he always has. Why would he, why would he grab 12 sinners, tax collectors and sinners? Why would he grab fishermen that, that, that were filthy mouths? Why would he grab a, a, a crook of a tax collector? Why would, he, why would he go grab these men that didn't know anything about God so he could prove his grace through them? So when you live like a saint, and you believe that you're a saint, and you carry yourself like a saint, you're proving the grace of God. You're proving that he's true and real. So we must act like it tonight. As we stand tonight, let's, let's take a few minutes. Let's soak this in. Let's pray about this. And what, what I really want to challenge you to pray is, Lord, help me tonight to accept what you just said about me. You know what's crazy? If I told you something really negative tonight, It'd be like, whew, that was hard. Why is it hard when it's something good? Shouldn't that be easy? Shouldn't we be like, yes, I accept that. But for some reason, you can just sense that some of us just ain't, we're just not accepting that. We're just not grasping that. Because we're too used to listening to men. We're too used to listening to this teacher in school. We're too used to listening to mom and dad or aunt and uncle or Whoever was that voice that said you'll never do anything, you'll never be anything, you'll never amount to anything, you're a loser, you're a failure. All those, we're just too used to listening to those voices. It's time to stop listening to those voices and become the people God wants us to be. Saints. Amen. Let's sing tonight and open up the altar for just a few minutes. Just find a place and just take a few minutes to pray. Amen. I believe that there's a lot to take in here. Amen.